and welcome to the Research and Innovation Podcast from Leeds University Business School. I'm Dr. Emma Grit, a lecturer in Information Management, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Babak Tizka, who is Head of Building Information Modelling for Building Design at Atkins. Welcome, Babak. Hi. It's great to have you here with us today. Um, So what we're going to talk about is hybrid working and specifically the role of technology in supporting this, maybe some of the challenges that have been faced and how hybrid might progress going forward. Um, But before we do start to get into those discussions, um, Babak, it'd be great if you could briefly just tell us a bit about Atkins um, and then maybe a bit about your role within the business as well. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Um, So Atkins is a uh, UK-based global engineering design and project management consultancy firm. Um, We work uh, across all major sectors between energy, transportation and infrastructure. In 2017, we got acquired by SNCF-Lavalin, which is a Canadian engineering procurement and construction firm. And we employ together globally about 40,000 people across 50 offices in every single continent. So I work uh, as head of BIM for building design. um, And building design is a um, smaller practice that effectively focuses on building buildings and uh, designing and engineering buildings. Uh, We are primarily UK-based, although we have staff and teams and offices that, that sit globally. And we cover building services, building structures and architecture, and there's sub-disciplines all within those. Um, and we work across all sectors within the AC industry, uh, other than healthcare. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so, I mean, it's great to have you here and, and to talk about um, the ways that you've been working during the pandemic and and specifically um, as we've kind of moved, as we're starting to move out of the pandemic and we're starting to see more organisations adopt this, what we might call sort of hybrid way of working. Um, could you maybe say a bit about the approach that, that you've taken at Atkins during the pandemic and then where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So our approach actually started long before the pandemic because we we championed agile working as part of the way we work. Uh, By that, I mean, we we all have laptops that we use. We we have hot desk environments. We connect to networks and we have support staff in the form of IT and other people that are on on phone or speed phone uh, that we can connect to. So physical presence has been a part of what we do, but it's not been the primary way working and that's a lot about promoting agility promoting um, different ways of working because we we have to be adaptable in the project environments we work with accessing site offices and and other offices as we collaborate Mm -hmm. moving and transitioning to working from home particularly during the covid period um, was very difficult and challenging uh, as with everyone Um, and one of the primary challenges we, f- we found there was the speed and the rapidness of us deploying our staff to work from home and being able to enable all of that to happen. Uh, luckily, from a hardware perspective, um, we had that enabled, but there were a lot of other challenges around engagement, around connecting people's home networks or uh, connecting to softwares or connecting to secure environments that cause challenges. Mm-hmm. And and. And in terms of where you are now, are have you still got quite a lot of people working from home? Absolutely. And we've since then learned quite a lot, uh, particularly moving into 2021. And one of the things Atkins learned was that 
working from home and having a hybrid way of working is the future. So Atkins introduced a mandate uh, and a guideline around uh, expecting fi- uh, 50% of our week to be physically present in the offices and 50% working from home. Uh, various teams and various um, disciplines have approached that slightly differently and adapted it to get it to work from them. From a building design perspective, we've we've said uh, we're spending two days uh, a week working in the office, two dedicated days, so Mondays and Thursdays. That's to as much enable engagement and and sort of camaraderie amongst our staff, uh, as well as ensuring that we can pre-book meetings and have more social gatherings as part of our day. And then any other day that we don't spend in the office, we can then choose whether it's on a project basis or as individuals where we then sit and work. And obviously technology has been kind of key to this in, in enabling this well, both fully remote and also hybrid ways of working. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with technology, um, how that's maybe evolved over the last couple of years or, or how it's supporting your work? So the AC industry we work in is very tech heavy. We use a lot of technology, a lot of technology that requires hardware uh, that can operate them because we're running simulations of very complex design uh, models that we need to maintain. As, as well as being very dependent on cloud-based solutions. Uh, and a lot of services, a lot of solutions that sit in the AC industry are primary, predominantly cloud-based now as well. So the transition to working from home and, and looking ahead, um, the technology that we are finding is we haven't necessarily introduced new technology to support that transition of hybrid. Um, we still communicate using Skype and Teams, uh, but we have accelerated the use of them and we've uh, probably chosen one over the other based on performance and that performance aspect is probably one of our key criteria at the moment being able to have project teams have people connect into systems and have the performance there not to hinder productivity or not to hinder the output Mm. so i guess it's really essential then in in every aspect of your work to ensure that, that that technology is working I, absolutely. Um, one of the things um, Atkins was testing uh, before COVID was around VDI um, and just briefly explaining VDI. So virtual desktop infrastructure is a technology that allows essentially stored uh, hardware servers to effectively run virtual desktops for users to access. Um, and they, they can access it uh, either through browsers or through softwares that they install on their laptops or tablets. Um, what that allows is people to access desktop environments that are predefined in terms of um, softwares, in terms of security protocols, in terms of workflows. And it enables users to access a much greater uh, range of solutions, um, have much closer IT support that enables them to operate within the virtual environment in a much more rapid sense because they have backend access. It also allows laptops to be used for a longer period because bearing in mind, we're going through a very, um, very tough silicon shortage at the moment and supplies are in demand. So we've had to think long and hard about extending the longevity of the hardware we have. And VDI has enabled us as we've transitioned through COVID and into the hybrid working has enabled us to extend the lifespan of our laptops because the hardware support sits on the VDI environment. 
And what COVID did was to accelerate the uptake uh, of VDI across across the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great to hear that you've been able to find those solutions. And particularly because I know you mentioned it being more secure. And I imagine that's quite an important part of your work as well with with the kind of work that you do is having systems that are that are secure enough that and robust enough that you can essentially work from anywhere absolutely and uh, you know we still have and there's various degrees of security clearance and security environments that we have at its furthest extreme we we do have to um, commit to being physically present in a secure environment that has its own infrastructure and its own uh, setup but for most of our secure projects, uh, we are able to work remotely, um, minus a few things that we need to do from the back end and from uh, from the user's perspective to ensure that the the work they do is as secure as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 given that um, you're kind of quite reliant on things like cloud-based services, have you found any challenges around that? There's been a number of challenges. I think. Um, Predominantly, when we started moving through the working from home transition, we got a lot of requests for adopting technology that in one shape, form or the other replicated what people were doing physically, whether that was whiteboarding, um, uh, whether that was just taking notes or chatting uh, and talking to someone physically, how do you write down minutes in a, in a, in a, in a session? Um, we've then pr- transitioned that and what we've seen is um, various technologies we've introduced um, to fundamentally support different activities but also different generations of people that are using technology in different ways mm-hmm. so we've we have always had a, a, a range of basket full of different solutions just to diversify the portfolio and not rely on a singular provider uh, but we've had to accelerate that basket and had to then adapt different tasks and different sort of um, outputs and outcomes um, and match them against technology so one that we one that we've accelerated the use of is mural as ways of collaborating as ways of taking notes as ways of brainstorming and having a very sort of blank piece of canvas for people to engage in that can be used uh, formally as part of client conversations and client meetings uh, but also informally to uh, to collaborate between mm-hmm. teams and that has uh, very much replaced the the necessity of whiteboarding physically yeah yeah and and i think that's really interesting that you say that you know you started off with with using some of these tools that um that maybe people were more familiar with so I, I, in a way i'm guessing that maybe helps that transition to to move forward and then you yep. can pick out other solutions to help manage that as well absolutely and um one of the culprits in in terms of the key challenges we've had is the overuse of technology mm-hmm. and people struggling to be able to switch off people struggling with work life balance working longer hours uh, and so on and one of the things you know all the great things technology does it doesn't communicate on your behalf so that uh, over necessity to be able to articulate communication putting a lot of effort in being mindful of communicating is really critical um, and we've had to you know and everyone in in atkins have had to take a step up in, in being more reliant in in the use of communication and taking greater responsibility to ensure what they're doing is communicated people are on the same page there's a consensus around what needs to be done uh, and that 
you know, they, there's no piece of technology that can do that for you. Uh, you just have to take that step mm, up. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's much more about creating that culture and that that environment, isn't it, for for using the technology and communicating through that. And in terms of moving forwards, then, um, how do you think hybrid might develop going forward? Um, are there kind of any sort of technology, any further technology solutions that you think might work? I, we have several um, pieces of technology or ways of looking at hybrid working, and we, we are very much championing it, looking inwards towards ourselves, as much as looking at presenting design solutions to our clients, or at least approaching problem solving in a different way. The fundamental critical thing is to um, approach it from a fit for purpose perspective, being conscious of um, what type of engagement um, is suitable for what type of outcome and what type of um, scenario, and be very conscious in, in the way we work where we ask questions related to if we're looking to solve this problem, are we able to accelerate the solution if we are to meet up in two weeks' mm-hmm. time versus us spending X amount of hours between now and then um, talking about it uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. So making sure that um, in the complacency and, and routine or habit doesn't creep in, that we are very conscious of the broad range of solutions we got uh, is really critical. And we always pass that on to clients as well. Um, the other side of this is one of the things we've learned and one of the things we've now championed is we've introduced the Atkins Workplace Index. And one of the things we've learned in in engaging with clients over the past two or three years has been that the question around technology creeps up more and more in the definition of spaces. Mm-hmm. So when clients are introducing their design briefs and when they walk through and explain what they're trying to do with spaces, technology is becoming a critical component in that conversation. So what Atkins has done is it's introduced a, a um, workplace index. That workplace index looks at um, three groups uh, of sort of key things that need to happen. And we walk through those sort of processes with the client. So the first grouping is looking at people and activity. And we look at what type of demographic we're dealing with, what type of personality, what type of um, neurodiversity of range mm-hmm. of people we're dealing with, whether that's looking inwards or with clients, and match that against activities. What are they trying to do? How best are they trying to use the space? Is there better ways of doing it? With, with hindsight, obviously, lessons mm-hmm. learned. We then move that more towards the physical environment, and we look at the place of work, the spatial uh, quality of the work, the environment they sit in, all the way down to physical desks and the workplace directly related to the individuals. But tied to that, and something that's um, um, sort of now starting to become a much bigger part of the brief is technology. Where does technology sit physically in, in that environment? And where does technology sit virtually in that environment? How are people engaging with other people? Do we need office desks that are sitting uh, alongside each other or opposite each other? Do we need other spaces to be created to sort of enable more engagement because people are so used to virtual meetings now? Uh, and all of that then obviously uh, adds on to the question around travel, mm. question about commute, question about people spending um, time getting to and from the offices and the added value of what they can get from that travel as mm. well. That sounds really interesting. And I think, 
you know, some of the things that you've touched upon there in in that technology is now becoming that kind of key aspect of, of design and, and space. And it's it's almost becoming where it was maybe, maybe not in all cases, but uh, pre-pandemic, it was kind of like a supporting role and nice to have. Yeah. And now it's kind of becoming that essential infrastructure that probably every office is going to need going forward. I, absolutely, absolutely. And with the hybrid working, obviously, you got a greater floor space than the staff that you you've employed so what do you do with that space um, and one of the critical things we've introduced both as ways of encouraging hybrid working but also as ways of tackling the added value to office space um, is so we've introduced something we call lava lab which is a a term we use to sort of um describe a broader space that we've defined within our office space. So we've created this sort of dedicated lava lab space within three offices currently uh, in Montreal, London, and Bangalore. Um, and if I speak specifically around London, because the, the shape and the use of these spaces slightly differ uh, based on geometric and sort of um, uh, spatial uh, arrangements. The London one focuses primarily around a series of breakout spaces formulated around a uh, immersion room that we mm. created. These breakout spaces uh, take different shapes. So it could be one-to-one -one collaboration spaces. It could be hybrid uh, uh, meeting spaces where we have, you know, cameras and, and monitors up on the wall, and you've got a team of people sitting um, and engaging with another team of people that are. Uh, dialing in there's touch screen so you can you know do all of that sort of engagement the immersion room itself um, tries to solve several things and is trying to sort of look at uh, how can we bring engagement uh, both virtually and physically in a virtual environment it's trying to reverse the conversation and a lot of that sits around the use of technology um, one of the things we've done with the hybrid space uh, um, the immersion room is we created the six by six meter cube um, which has four projections on four sides of the walls um, so the screen real estate is massive and we in the center have desks and chairs that people sit around and the technology that runs behind it is effectively trying to um, create an environment where any piece of technology can be introduced within within that room and be instantaneously connected up with any other piece of technology that we introduce. So when we have clients that have their own set of tech, techs or softwares that they use, we are very quickly able to introduce that into that mm -hmm. space. And at the same time, have another set of softwares and another set of tools that we use internally and being, being able to have that interoperability between everything is really, really critical. Um, because it, as with a lot of these things, first impressions and the ease of use is a major, uh, major piece of stepping stone towards getting engagement. We also able to project um, spreadsheets or other types of formats to look at a, a more extensive set of data that perhaps you can't with the smaller real estate you got with monitors, uh, as well as having people um, projected up on the walls in terms of their cameras and having a much more physical presence in the room just because of size and then because of that uh, sort of multiple cameras that mm -hmm. we got uh, set up in the room. And all of that is done is for us to 
have a space, a safe haven for clients effectively and, and stakeholders to break down that fear factor and that barrier that some might have in the use of technology. Being giving them the opportunity to play around um, and failing sometimes with some of the tools, whether that's walking through or uh, designing something in their own right or promoting change effectively, and that's one of the biggest things we're we're hoping to be able to achieve mm. with that. Thank you, and and that's been really interesting to to hear your thoughts on that, and and I, and I'm sure some of these challenges and things that you've talked about will resonate with with a lot of other people as well, as we see that technology is becoming this this kind of essential part of hybrid. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today, Baba. It's been great to chat to you. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about the Adapting Offices research projects, the information should be in the show notes and a link to click through. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.